Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Billy Cunningham, the great American. And, of course, this is the week as far as the Reds continuing baseball. Ken Rosenthal of Fox Sports said, quote, this morning, I expect an agreement to take place between Major League players and the owners. Some of the fields have opened up, like Tropicana and some others, in which the players have voluntary workouts, no requirement. And uh, some have also said this is the most important week for Major League Baseball in the last 25 years, because if this thing gets away and goes uh, into next week and the week after, there won't be any Major League Baseball. Then how does baseball set itself up for revival in 2021? How much damage could be done? Joining you and I now is the Hall of Famer Marty Brenneman in retirement. Marty Brenneman, welcome again to the Bill Cunningham Show. And Marty, how are you? I'm well, Billy. I hope you are too. <laughs> I'm well. How's the treadmill treating you this afternoon? The treadmill has that's been one constant <laughs> in my life, and that's how I'm on that baby two or three times a day. Now, why is that? For those who have uh, in their fifties, sixties, and seventies, why do you? Why did you change so much? Before we talk about baseball. Why did you change so much from the way you conducted physically your life 15 or 20 years ago? Well, I changed everything probably about seven or eight years ago when I started walking uh, 10,000 steps a day. Um, And I felt like I needed to do something. And essentially all I've done is continue that, although I will walk more more often than not more, more than that on a daily basis. I feel better. I feel better about myself. Um, and I think it's important for guys my age to do something rather than be completely sedentary and sitting on your butt all day long. And <laughs> I, I just, if I don't do it, I feel like I've missed out on something on a particular day. So I, uh, I try to do it religiously and Amanda would say I'm obsessed by it and maybe I am, but if I am, then it's a good obsession as far as I'm concerned. It's better than some other obsessions because health is a good thing. And as far as, you know, when, when I went through what I went through about a year ago, Dr. Kariakis told me, look, you got to walk more. And as a golfer, I walk. But for the last two or three months, you can't walk. The weather's been terrible. So every night, at least twice a, twice a day, sometimes three times a day, I go at my property, take a left, walk down, down Fox Cub. I walk past Dick Farmer's house. I go into Marge Schott's estate, and I feel comfortable doing that, just being around Marge Schott in the presence. Walk out to Bloom Road, come back the other way. It's about two miles. Seldom run into a car. Seldom run into any person. And cold or wet, or uh, I did it when it was cold. I did it when it's dark. It's kind of like I like walking at night. It's kind of weird. I, I walk at night, and no one else is around. I enjoy doing it. If it, and if I don't do that, I feel like I missed it. And the other thing it does, I have a terrible time sleeping at night quite often. And I find out the more tired I am, the more energy I put out during the day, the better you sleep at night. There's no question about that. Believe me, it isn't. I, 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 I feel basically the same way you do. Although, you know, I, I started to aspire to the 10,000 steps a day, which is roughly five miles a day. And the 10,000 is a universal figure. Right. Uh, and, and so I, I, if I don't get 10,000, I'm not happy. And, and, it's, and more often than not, I'll end up getting 11 or 12 or sometimes even 13,000. Now, secondly, uh, what about the travel? Marty Brenneman in retirement was going to travel everywhere all the time constantly. What happened with that? I mean, because now you have difficulties. 
Well, it's been all wiped out, and I understand. I mean, we were right now. We were, we should be in Europe. We should be in. Uh, I don't know whether we would be in Greece or Italy or where, but uh, that trip obviously was canceled, and 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 most everything else that we had planned to do. I understand it. I don't get bent out of shape over it because I I think I learned a long time ago. I don't get overly upset about things I have no control over. Um, but we are going to Sarasota. We're leaving this week. And we're going to drive down there, not fly, because I'm not ready to get on an airplane anytime soon. But um, we're going to go down there to our place in Siesta Key and spend uh, two to three weeks down there. Uh, I feel comfortable doing it. And uh, you know what? We've been in the house now consistently, <laughs> probably longer than either one of us have ever done since we began our working lives. And uh, so, you know. Uh, you have to learn to live with it. I'm sure you feel the same sure, way. You, sure. you tend to get a little bit philosophical, and I don't think there's a thing wrong with that because we're all trying to get through this, and we all have our individual, uh, you know, setbacks concerning our normal day-to-day lives. But that's just the way it is. You know, the other thing is, I, I before we talk about baseball, I love talking to you about anything. But but there's this one study indicating that about two thirds of uh, of marriages are getting better because you spend more time together. And about one third of marriages are getting worse because you spend more time together. And I found my ca- in my case, it's getting better. We spend more time together. I like waking up with Penny. I like spending time with her. I like going to bed with Penny. And I like being with her where she's fun to be with. And so I think it, it, what it does is enhance certain kinds of uh, marriages and hurts other marriages. This is the way things are. Well, I think you're blessed if you have a good marriage. Uh, if you if you have one that's that's questionable from the get-go, then you got some problems. You're either going to face the fact that it's not happening, or you're going to come uh, come to Jesus with the decision that <laughs> I'm going to try and make this thing work, which I probably have not done as good a job of in the past. But, you know, Amanda, for the last five or six years, has gone pretty much everywhere I've gone. I mean, even, even when I was working and, and getting on planes to fly to – wherever she would be in that city or oftentimes she'd be on the plane with me. And, and, and so I don't, I don't really know of a, a husband and wife that has spent more time together than she and I have. And, right. and I'm blessed because of that. Um, I don't think there's a, despite the fact that I love her to death, I don't think there's another man on earth that's so dependent on a woman as I am. And, and that's a good thing for me. I, that that's, I need that. I've needed that. And so, you know, thank God, uh, we've been able to weather the storm. That's not to say that we haven't gone nose to nose, and she's as good as anybody I've ever known at doing that. Uh, but but that happens, you know. Sure, you expect sure, that sure. to happen, and and so I agree with you. It's uh, it's an either or situation. You either have a good one or you don't have a good one. And I think both of us are inclined to feel like it's better to have a good marriage. No. Now, lastly, before baseball, my buddies Dean Gregory and Wayne Crutcher and Mike McCall are in Sarasota. And so if you want to go out to one of the Gator Creek and play one of the fine golf courses as much as you want to play, those guys can take care of that. How long are they going to be there? Uh, I talked to Wayne this morning about uh, he doesn't know. He's got a nice place there, and, and he Get just goes there. there. And so it might, be, uh, might be two or three, it might be two or three weeks, might be a month. I don't know. Well, you brighten my day. I have a good buddy who's a member of the TPC course down there. And I play with him, but, uh, you know, Mike and I played a number of times in spring training and, uh, I enjoy his company and Dean's the same thing. So, uh, you believe me, I will be giving one or both of them a call after we get down there. Please do. Now, secondly, let's talk about, uh, Reds baseball. There are so many indications. 
Uh, there's so many indications baseball is about to begin. Do you have some sense about what's going to happen to Reds baseball? Because some of the parks are opening, some are not opening. And I read the stuff from Ken Rosenthal. I expect an agreement to take place between the players and the owners this week. How big is this week in Reds baseball for this year and next year? I think it's very big. However, I, I would beg to differ, I think, a little bit with Kenny Rosenthal, who I've known for a long time and I had great respect for, because I'm often reminded, you know, when you set a deadline, and I think most everyone has felt that the deadline would be next Monday, which is June 1st, uh, because if you get a deal, then you got to get everybody uh, moving toward, uh, you know, setting up a spring training uh, schedule and a situation when the players report, whenever that might be. But I'm often reminded also about how labor negotiations go. Right. And if June 1st is a deadline date, then I could see this thing going into June 4th or as long as June 5th. Because if there seems to be some movement, you're going to have each side say, okay, let's add another 24 hours to this. And if you get closer in that 24 hours, you said, okay, let's add another 24 hours. So I, I don't think June 1st is a deadline, and, and I don't think that because I don't feel that way, I don't think that this is a critical week. I think the critical period, certainly this week, it could go a long way. If the owners uh, present to the union today a, a plan that deals with the financial aspects of it as it pertains to the players, uh, a better deal than what they've talked about, and that's uh, revenue sharing. Yeah. And if the owners do that, then I think for me – that's an indication that the owners are willing to walk the extra mile and try and get this thing done. Uh, but that's just one of the items. Everybody talks about how big it is, and it's the single biggest item. But they still have to resolve a lot of issues rel- relative to the, uh, the medical document that was presented uh, from the owners to the union, uh, I think, a week ago Saturday. Uh, some of those things the, owners, the players are going to push back on. And so all this stuff factors into trying to come up with an agreement, and I vacillate. One day I feel like it's going to happen. The next day I think it's not going to happen. Uh, if, if I told someone today, if you had 90 days to get this done, I'd feel good about it because that's a lot of time. But when you've got a matter of days to get this done and you've got what appears, at least on paper, to almost be insurmountable issues, that you have to come together on, union and ownership, uh, they got to get up and go if they're going to make this thing happen. And I would think, like a Joey Votto-type player is in a different circumstance than someone in their second year. Joey Votto right now supposedly is making $25 million bucks a year. Now, $25 million bucks a year is a boatload of money. Maybe to Joey Votto, it's not as important to a normal person. When you have the Tampa Bay pitcher complaining about only making $3.5 million and it's not worth it to play three months of baseball for $3.5 million, that tends to alienate Reds baseball fans. But if the Reds have an agreement with Joey Votto to pay him $25 million, and his union says in March, well, it's pro rata, is Joey Votto going to walk away from something like uh, 12 or $13 million the next year, another $25 million if the Reds lock out the players because they can't reach a deal? This is the potential of scuttling uh, Major League Baseball if this thing is not handled correctly. If it might, might not be Reds baseball in 2021 uh, on a lockout basis. And if that happens, Katie barred the door. Well, to begin with, Joey Votto on his worst day is eminently more intelligent than that clown down in Tampa Bay, Blake Snell. Um, I'm sure there were a million players who cringed at some of the things that he said 
about I'm gonna get my money and I, you know, that that you just need. I disagree a lot with what Trevor Bauer says, but if I were a player in a union and Trevor Bauer was vocalizing as much as he's done, I'd be proud of that because he's intelligent, he's aware of the issues involved. Uh, intellectually bright, but not a guy like Blake Snell, for God's sake. Just shut up. I hope somebody got to him and said, do us a favor and keep quiet. Right. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, uh, in, in Joey's case, you're not only talking about the money bill, but you're also talking about losing a year at his age, which I think is, is, is a, is a critical an issue as the monetary aspect of it, because I'm sure Joey's got enough money right now to last him for 15 lifetimes. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he's taking care of his money. He's a bright guy. Um, I'm not so sure that if they wipe this season out, that they would not, they would be in danger of playing next year because it, the, uh, the union agreement doesn't expire until de- midnight of December 31st next year. So they've still got one more year to go on that union agreement. And if they were to wipe this out for whatever the reason, I guarantee you at that point the players and the owners would go the extra mile to make sure that there would be baseball played at the major league level in 2021. I think there's a suspicion. Some of the commentary I hear is that the players aren't happy with a financial deal with the, the March, which is a pro rata. The owners can't honor that deal because their income stream is gone. And so, therefore, the owner's going to lose, according to one estimate, $675,000 a day. Uh, and they're losing anyway, like $400,000 a day by not doing anything. There's still expenses ongoing. And so the owners want the players to participate on the downside, but not on the upside. And the owners uh, can look to the players and say, look, you have an excuse not to play because there might be many who don't want to play in the COVID-19 era because of a fear uh, of sickening themselves or their loved ones. And they're using that as an excuse because the financial package is not there. So the health is being used as an excuse when they're unhappy with the economics of the game the way it is right now. But either way, if Reds baseball fans go a year or so without Reds baseball, uh, I listened to uh, Jeff Brantley talk about uh, about an hour ago about Jeff Reed when he played and some of the own, some of the players in 94-95. I guess he crossed the picket line 25 years ago and he was ostracized. But I think that's a different situation now. Yeah, it's a completely different situation. One has nothing to do with the other because we're not talking about uh, you know, we're not talking about guys crossing the picket line to play here. We're talking about we're talking about hopefully players playing. Um, yeah. I just uh, I, the only, I think that I read the other day, and you mentioned the six hundred and forty thousand dollars a day they lose if they play, as opposed to four hundred thousand. I read a piece on the internet the other day which says that there are a number of owners. I don't know what number means, but there are a number of owners who would be very satisfied if there's no baseball played because they're going to lose less money by not playing than they would lose by playing. Right. Now, whether or not, you know, when you take in the the, the big picture, uh, certainly you've got to factor in the lack of, of network dollars, that we, and that contract is backloaded. The majority of the monies that the networks, and there are a number of them, as we know, that pay baseball for national uh, TV coverage, uh, the majority of that money comes as far as the postseason is concerned. Right. Um, but I, I, uh, I, I don't know. I, like I say, I've gone back and forth. My original feeling was way back seven weeks ago that there would not be any baseball played in 2020. Uh, one day I think it is. The next day I don't think so. 
Um, it's just a very, very difficult situation um, to try and, and, and factor everything in and come up with a positive outcome. And, and like I said, I, I truly believe that the owners, uh, those that want to play, if indeed there are some that don't, are working their rear ends off to try and make it happen. Right, because um, a lot of the rich so, owners, like the Castellinis and Williams and those, they, they could go the rest of their lives and, and spend that kind of money. They're okay, but it's probably their six to ten major league owners who use uh, Major League Baseball as a major source of revenue, and they've lost a lot of money. They're going to keep losing money, and they want to stop. And so uh, I heard one report that the Major League Baseball may have a separate fund off to the side to loan those owners some money to be taken out of the future revenue of TV, and that's how to get some of the poorer owners over the hump. I heard the same thing. And that, that you know, from a logic standpoint, that makes sense. If indeed there is a side fund uh, that they could they could tap into, to help the guys that were really hurting, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, I, I, I'd read the same piece you did, never having any knowledge of any fun like that. But if in fact it's true, I can understand why they would walk that path. All right, Marty, we got to run. Thanks for coming on. Back to the treadmill. Give a man of my best, and I'm, I'm so happy the Lion and Winter is having such a good time. Uh, we certainly are, Billy. Thank you very much, uh, Marty Brenneman. Thank you very much. Let's continue with more. Your comments are next at five one three seven four nine seven thousand. Plus, there's a new CDC study, uh, Center for Disease Control, that uh, delivers the knockout blow in the COVID lockdown debate. Uh, this study is incredible. Stay tuned for this next. At your home of the Reds, we hope. News Radio 700, WLW. All right, Billy Cunningham, the great American, and uh, let's set up uh, the rest of today's big show. We understand from Brian Combs that at uh, 2 o'clock, uh, Mike DeWine. And uh, Director Dr. Amy Acton are scheduled to hold another news conference. And allegedly there's one on Tuesday and Thursday, but each day we find out in the morning through a uh, posting of the governor's office whether or not there's going to be a news conference or not for that day with important issues going on. I think it's valuable for the governor to let us know his uh, mental thinking on these issues that can confront and confound as to why certain situations exist and whether there's a rational basis to have other situations not exist because one kind of feeds into the other. And I had on the state Senator Stephen Huffman about two weeks ago on this issue, and he sent a letter uh, of uh, on Friday that is illustrative of the problem, and, and that is there's complete inconsistency in the governor's office in Ohio and Kentucky, not so much Indiana, about how to handle groups of individuals in these COVID-19 ages. And as I announced to uh, about 20 minutes ago, a new CDC study delivers a knockout blow to the COVID lockdown debate. And after quite a bit of maturations uh, to read uh, through the uh, verbiage, ultimately we might find out that the COVID-19 is even lower because the numerous studies and hard counts of confined populations have shown a much higher percentage of asymptomatic cases, simply adjusting. For a 50% asymptomatic rate, which, by the way, is probably low, it's probably more like 70%, the fatality rate for COVID-19 appears to be 0.2%. Now, get your arms around that. 0.2%, which is exactly the rate of fatality that many at Stanford, Dr. Ioannidis and others, projected three months ago. That after all the media bullcrap, that's going on. I'm cleaning up my language. All the bull crap going on the past three months. This is going to be perceived through history's eye, looking backward, as some sort of mass hysteria. 
that caused people to lose their mind, their mentality, and objectivity because there was a political goal in mind down the road that had to occur. The uh, fatality rate for the regular seasonal flu is about 0.1%, and COVID-19 appears to be 0.2%. Now, when you hear the media coverage, do you hear those numbers being bannered about? Absolutely not. You got to go deep into the numbers to find out what is going on. If you listen to me, you, you might think to yourself, how come the great American has kind of turned on the policies of Governor Mike DeWine? And I won't turn on him personally because Mike DeWine and Fran are good people. Uh, they live good lives, but they're not, they're not unimpeachable. They're not uh, subject to no criticisms based upon their decisions. And Mike DeWine is a good person with like 10 or 11 kids, 30 grandkids, lives in Cedarville. He's rich. He's powerful. He's important. And he relied upon Dr. Amy Acton and others to tell him kind of what to do to inform him as to what to do because of the fear tactics employed by some in the medical community that even Governor Cuomo of uh, New York said on Saturday He's not relying anymore on these so-called medical experts to give him advice. Because Governor Cuomo has said all the statistics have been terrible. They've been wrong, not even close. Governor Cuomo said, I'm done relying upon statistics because they've been so wrong for so long, I can't rely upon them. So then why do we? One Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I'd ask. You just heard Brian Combs talk about the governor of New Jersey, uh, a liberal Democrat named Murphy, is allowing high school graduations, college graduations, eighth grade graduations. I had a very close family member of mine that went through a graduation on Saturday in Madeira. And Kenji Matsudi, the uh, superintendent, Kenji did the best job that they could under the guidelines put out by the Department of Education. You may recall, if you listen to me, about two or three weeks ago, I had a conversation with uh, Mike DeWine in which I said for the more than 100,000 graduates of Ohio high school, so think of 100,000 high school graduates who worked uh, fairly hard at getting their high school diploma. Uh, you might put on a lesser category, those graduating from the eighth grade. But if you're an eighth grader graduating, that's an important moment in a parent's life. If you're a high school graduate, that's more important. And if you're a college graduate, that's even more important yet because you're ready to begin your life. And when I had him on, Mike DeWine said the following, and I asked him the question. I said, Governor, there are many high schools that have very fine football stadiums. 
that may hold two or 3,000 people. Why could you not, for a school like Madeira or Deer Park, which has 80 graduates, or Madeira that has 100 graduates, have a more or less a traditional graduation in which the high school students are, are honored for what they've accomplished? And uh, he said to me, quote, everything comes back to distance. As far as I'm concerned, that's Governor Mike DeWine, as far as I'm concerned, if the schools can figure out how to properly distance, they can certainly hold graduation. That's Mike DeWine to me on the air. Quote, they can certainly hold graduation. It is up to the school. It is driven by how many students they have, what facilities they have. It has to be well thought out. Some schools with large numbers of students probably won't be able to hold them. But the Ohio Department of Education did put out guidance. I didn't see it go out, but it is consistent with the things we've been saying, recommending not having graduation. We want to clarify, though, that through the department, if we can figure out a way to do it safely, that might be an okay thing to do, unquote. And I said to him on the air, there are some smaller rural high schools that have 20 graduates or 80 graduates or 50. Almost all of them have a locker, have a football field, or have a basketball court of one type or another. And so even if you're in a large school district like Mason, you could do A through J and then K through uh, N and uh, O through Z, whatever it is, you could divide it up. I said in the case of Deer Park High School, Jay Phillips is superintendent. They have 80 graduates. They have a football field put together by uh, many of the great graduates of Deer Park High School with the great AstroTurf. You could have each family limited to, uh, to two guests or four guests. They could sit in pods six feet apart from every other family, and they could be in the football stadium. You could have the speech up on the stage of the, uh, of the valedictorian, the salutarian, whatever the hell it is, and they, they talk, and then a guest speaker might speak, and then each, each graduate comes down. And uh, the diploma could be on a table with your little name on it. You walk up, uh, maybe elbow pump the superintendent. Then you pick up your diploma and you walk through. Then you go back to the stadium. And the governor said on the air with me, that sounds good to me. Okay. So what happened? The following day, the governor at a news conference, because of the interview with me, said there is confusion about graduation. Confusion and said he would not allow graduation ceremonies with more than 10 people. Well, how in the hell do you have a graduation ceremony with less than 10 people? It is stupid. He never explained the confusion. He appeared to plainly state the obvious. And now we're sitting here at the end of uh, May, and now wedding receptions can be held up to 300 people. Why not 400 or 200, 300? Just 300. Make, Make it 300. Tattoo parlors are open. Country clubs, golf courses, swimming pools are open. And you mean to tell me, Governor, that Deer Park High School or Batavia High School or Minster High School or any other high school cannot follow these general rules about being a part, which I think is a bunch of crap anyway, and conduct a graduation ceremony for more than 100,000 high school graduates who earn that in the state of Ohio. You mean to tell me that superintendents and boards of education can't figure that out? Are you kidding me? How stupid is that decision by Governor Mike DeWine? That is real stupid. And so uh, 
at this point, uh, the letter is out there, but it's almost getting too late. Read further from this letter from State Senator Stephen A. Huffman. I've heard from many schools, and some have a plan to use venues like the Schottenstein Center or the University of Dayton Arena or Xavier Cintas Center. One high school has 21 graduates had planned to use a neighboring school large football stadium. Right? It's simple. So is there something at work here in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana that is a little bit different than just keeping somebody safe? Is there an attitude that we have to crack down on people and make sure that government controls every aspect of your life, even though we have the right to peaceably assemble in the United States Constitution, a right that cannot be taken away with the least restrictive means? Somebody got to Mike DeWine and he collapsed. And I would strongly suspect that his director, Dr. Amy Acton. And I, if you want to go to my, go to my Twitter account, at Willie, W-I-L-L-I-E, 700-W-L-W. I have a video clip up there from March in which she was speaking to uh, the Cleveland Plain Dealer, I think, at their editorial meeting, in which she said she wants to wrap her arms around the state of Ohio. We're going to play that cut for you when we continue. But... It demonstrates that the mask wearing has little to do with safety because we were told that wearing a mask really doesn't protect you from getting it. It protects you from giving it to someone. And almost all the masks now being worn are not of the proper quality to keep the micro uh, genetic materials to enter anyway. And that most of the entering takes place in the top, the side, and the bottom. It's a symbol of oppression and a symbol that I'm cool. It's a symbol that I'm in the in crowd. It's that symbol. And so what's important to me is not keeping people healthy. But when the governor comes on my show and says, that sounds good to me, that sounds like that'll work because you're following all the rules. Some of the rules might have been schools must limit guests to two to four per graduate, check mark. Social distancing, seating at least six feet apart, check mark. Ensure enough entrances and exits to ensure safety of those who attend to avoid contact. Checkmark. No shaking hands, hugging, or touching of the graduate. Done. Diplomas placed on a table, not handed out to the graduate. Done. No requirement that a student attend if the student feels uncomfortable. Done. Hand sanitizer readily available. Done. Schools may require masks of those in attendance. That's fine. Done. But the governor said on my show, yes, Deer Park, Batavia, LaSalle High School, Mount Notre Dame, Muller can have that, but just follow those simple rules. And if it's a large class, like I understand, like a Mason has something like a 1,000 graduating seniors, it's unbelievable. Well, just break it off into four groups, make them 250 each. So if you have a wedding reception or want to go swimming or go to tattoo parlors, whatever it is, that's fine. But you can't say to an 18-year-old girl who's worked hard for her graduation with her cap and a gown that she can't graduate because Dr. Amy Acton overruled Mike DeWine on my show and would not let it happen is ridiculous. And you see her attitude on my Twitter account. This was recorded in March in the Cleveland Plain Dealer editorial room in which she said, she wanted to put her arms around the American people and, and do that. Matt Diamond, get ready that cut. And this tells you the attitude of Dr. Amy Acton when 
This was in March, about two months ago, but nonetheless, it tells you exactly what's going on. So as we continue, I'll play this for you on the other side. And, and what's behind this is not the public health. The public health experts knew two or three or four weeks in, this is like the middle of April, that the flattening the curve was a bunch of crap because, hell, there wasn't a curve in the first place to flatten. How do you flatten something that doesn't exist? And right now we have 34,000 hospital beds in the state of Ohio, regularly 34,000. Less than 800 are occupied by COVID-19 patients, but we're acting as if there's a pandemic. Can we get out of this and get back to life? And for those at risk, protect them. Let's continue with more. The line becomes available, 513-749-7000. Bill Cunningham, live with you every day at your home of the Reds, hopefully next week on News Radio 700 WLW. By the way, I asked the governor this question How many high school kids have died of COVID 19 in the great state of Ohio? The answer would be zero, none, nada. Now, this was uh, Dr. Amy Acton in her own. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Words. This occurred at a Cleveland Plain Dealer editorial board meeting in March about two months ago, which dis, dis, uh, which to me displays the attitude of Dr. Amy Acton in her official role, what she sees herself doing for the state of Ohio. Matt Steinman, hit it. You know, I've had this feeling in my gut of like, I'm holding Ohio in my arms and I'm like single-handedly like, be gone, virus, stay out. You know, I've had this feeling in my gut of like, I'm holding Ohio in my arms and I'm like single-handedly like, be gone, virus, stay out. You know, I've had this feeling in my gut of like, I'm holding Ohio in my arms and I'm like single-handedly like, be gone, virus, stay out. I'm holding Ohio in my arms. I'm holding you in my arms and single-handedly with nobody's help. Be gone, virus. Be gone. Is this a Saturday Night Live bit? Is this the Wicked Witch of the North? Dr. Amy Acton is holding Ohio in my arms. And single-handedly, I'm saying, be gone, virus. Be gone. My fellow Buckeyes, Hoosiers, and Kentuckians, we are in deep trouble. If this is the attitude of public health officials, we are done as a society. Live free or die. Let's continue with more. Your calls are next at uh, 513-749-7000. Pound 700, the new AT&T. Since wedding receptions, tattoo parlors, country clubs, 
polls are all open. Is it now safe for a high school kid to get his diploma? Is that possible? Well, let's talk to Amy Acton and see what she says. Bill Cunningham, News Radio 700, WLW Cincinnati. Right, Billy Cunningham, let's continue. In about one hour, uh, Mike DeWine will be here along with uh, Dr. Amy Acton. Hopefully the potted plants in Columbus may actually ask questions instead of sitting there as uh, dunces. So we'll see what occurs then. And we have thousands on hold and millions are listening. By the way, coming up in about uh, 30 minutes or so is uh, a friend of the family of Tyson Guy. He was the 23-year-old young man killed uh, a week ago when 26-year-old Sabrina McKinney uh, entered an exit ramp of I-71. She had previous DUIs and, and substance abuse problems, a mother of four, and she came across uh, several lanes of travel. And uh, I killed, some might say murdered, Tyson Guy. And we're going to have on Mike Campbell, a friend of the family. Mother was Allison Tepe Guy to talk about how it happened and how the family made the decision to pull the plug and the lives that will be positive, positively impacted. And there's a memorial at uh, Tyson Guy on uh, GoFundMe if you want to be involved to help the family a bit. Now, secondly, one of the most shocking things is that Politico, which is a left-wing website, admits the Democrats dread fast economic rebound. On Tuesday this morning, the Democrats are dreading the idea of a fast economic boom as America reopens, which explains the anti-science push among many Democratic governors to extend their pointless coronavirus lockdowns. And uh, this was a former uh, Barack Hussein Obama economic advisor who said, quote, we're about to see the best economic data we've seen in the history of this country. His name is Jason Furman. Politico says he laid out a detailed study why the months preceding November could offer Trump a great chance to, uh, to brag truthfully about the most explosive monthly employment numbers and GDP growth ever in American history. He said, the fact of the matter is uh, Democrats do not want the economy to open. Good news for America and Americans would, of course, be terrible news for Joe Biden, who's desperate to strangle our economy with record high taxes and obscene amount of regulations. Biden's policies would hurt a flourishing economy, but it would kill a post-lockdown recovery in the same way that economic policies in 09 killed any hope of a real rebound after the 08 economic crash. It's no accident that government control of our lives is something all leftist governments want, and they want it badly. They don't want individuals like you, an individual businesswoman, a mom, a sister, to make it on your own. What they really want is for government at every level to take you by the hand and lead you through life. And so this made public uh, the private concerns of Democrats that they dread a fast economic rebound. Now, to keep that in context... The states that are demanding more lockdowns tend to be blue states and the states that demand that the economy be open because it was based upon false modeling uh, are red states. There are some notable exceptions, but nonetheless, the best place to be to recover, to live the American way of life is in a red state. And the worst place to be is in a blue state. You might recall 
for a long time, it was assumed that when Georgia and Florida open up somewhat quickly, that somehow they were going to be killing zones, that some of the editorial writers for The New York Times said that uh, Trump has a killing field in Georgia when Governor Brian Kemp would open up Georgia about a month ago, and it didn't materialize. Same thing in Florida with Ron DeSantis. They largely did not uh, shut down to any measurable extent. And as a consequence, Florida's doing pretty damn good. There's many articles out, including one by uh, Dr. Uh, Scott Atlas, who says the COVID-19 shutdown will uh, actually cost more lives than COVID-19 itself. And he's a statistician, works for the Hoover Institution, spent medical doctor. He was on uh, CNN about every other day. And he says, statistically, there have been 650,000 cancer patients missed receiving chemotherapy. 150,000 new cancer cases typically discovered each month is down to 20% being diagnosed with two-thirds to three-fourths of routine cancer screenings that have not happened. Nearly 85% fewer living donor transplants are now occurring compared to the same period of last year. In addition to that, 50% of childhood vaccinations are not being performed, setting up the potential of massive future health disasters caused by governors. The implication of treatment delays for situations like COVID-19 result in 8,000 U.S. deaths per month, according to the actuarial tables, or about 120,000 deaths each year. Missed strokes diagnosed contribute to an additional loss of 100,000 years of life each month. Late cancer diagnoses lose 250,000 years of remaining life. Missing living donor transplants 5,000 years, putting the actuarial tables that the decisions of governors are costing approximately 8,000 American lives per month because of COVID-19. The cure is worse than the disease. Now, are these statistics, are these facts being used by anyone? Of course not. It doesn't fit. The U.S. is losing about 5% uh, every month of GDP, which is causing an acceleration of suicide, alcohol, drug abuse, stress-induced illnesses, and more, including lower-income populations are never going to get back at work. About, According to one estimate, 40% of the 40 million which is 16 million people, will never work again. And that for poverty causes each American in poverty to lose 10 years of their life on average. Put all that in the computer. Statistically, every 10 to $24 million lost in U.S. incomes results in one additional death. You run those numbers, and it's an additional 7,200 lives lost per month because of what the governors have done to this country. And now we have evidence from Obama maniacs that because of what the governors have done and those opening up, that the last thing the Democrats want is a good economy. So to end the loss of life from economic lockdowns, businesses, as well as K-12 schools and public transport, parks and beaches, must smartly reopen with enhanced hygiene, science-based protection warnings for the high-risk population. That means wearing a mask, in certain situations, washing your hands frequently and try to maintain six-foot separation. And if you can't maintain six-foot separation, then wear a mask. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying all hell's breaking loose. Just do whatever you want to do. No. Six-foot separation, wear a mask, and be reasonable.
Make it based upon science and not politics and not control, which is what exactly is what we have now. But this CDC report, I think, is the knockout blow to the mainstream media and the Democrats on the lockdown debate, where they're now saying 0.2%, 0.2% fatality rate on COVID-19, which is roughly the same as the seasonal flu, which is 0.1%. In the great state of Texas, that largely did not lock down, the COVID death rate is two per 100,000. Two per 100,000. In Ohio, 70% of the deaths, according to the Columbus Dispatch, are in nursing homes. So instead of taking care of nursing homes first, the governor and Dr. Amy Acton is playing. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Catch up to the vulnerable population that needs to be protected. And the rest of us can use reasonable means and reasonable methods to protect ourselves. And lastly, before I go to the calls, I have thousands on hold. I got to get to them. If somebody would have said to you in December or January that uh, governors in almost all 50 states, in varying degrees of severity, would be using police to interfere with your personal choices. You wouldn't have believed it. Think for the moment. Using the police directly or indirectly. Uh, impl- implication of force of arms. Pre- prevent you from leaving your home. Governor Acton issued an order ordering you not to leave your home. She issued an order supported by the governor canceling a federal election. That you can't operate a business, you can't go to work unless you're, quote, e- essential, whatever the hell that is. Why am I essential? I have no idea. But I, I was declared essential. You can't jog in a park. You can't patronize your favorite restaurant using all the means and methods necessary for months. You can't shop. You can't buy a garden hose. You can't go to church or a mass. You can't have a small public gathering of more than 10 individuals. Where in the hell did this come from? Was it based on science or the control of government always to crack down on you and your personal choices? It's sickening. One last thought, the Washington Post, before I turn things over to you, about a week ago, did a study on who's being hospitalized and who's not being hospitalized. As uh, according to the study in the Washington Post, 80% of hospitalized COVID-19 patients in Georgia were African-Americans. 80%. And across the country, I got this U.S. Hospital Association, doesn't fit, so it The majority of coronavirus patients in all U.S. hospitals are African-American. 
Additionally, black patients seeking care have more advanced cases of COVID-19 than white or Hispanic. Researchers in California also found that black patients were hospitalized at three times the rate of white or Hispanic patients after adjusting for age, sex, comorbidities, and income. According to the Hospital Association in California, black patients are coming to us later and sicker, and they're assessing our health care through the emergency department and acute hair environment. The researchers found that of the 1,052 confirmed cases of COVID-19 at a large health care system in Northern California, that 83% were African-American. That doesn't mean we shouldn't do what we're doing. We absolutely should do. Absolutely. It could be, though, that uh, COVID-19, like sickle cell, attacks racial groups in different quantities, They're the so-called viral load necessary. And, of course, men are more affected than women because men have more testosterone than women. And, of course, if you have a pre-existing condition, which might be uh, heart disease or diabetes or something of that character, you're more likely to have uh, more difficulties. And uh, as a consequence, that's why it's not being well reported. State numbers indicate that African-Americans, about 30% of Georgia's population, make up 83% of those in hospitals being treated. And uh, why? It could be one of those diseases that affect certain other categories of people differently than other categories, and that doesn't mean anything other than those are the facts. At what point will facts and science drive decisions instead of the desire of government to crack down on individual choices? So uh, let's continue with more. We have the governor coming up in about 40, 45 minutes. Dr. Amy Acton, hopefully they will approve high school graduations because, uh, to me, that's as important as a wedding reception. If you have a wedding planned in June or July in Ohio, you now can go forward with these prohibitions in place, about six-foot separations, things of that character. Why not do the same thing with high schools? The governor said to me about three weeks ago, no problem, no problem, just follow the rules. Then the next day he said, There was confusion about graduation, and Governor Mike DeWine would not allow graduation ceremonies with more than 10 people. It's ridiculous. Let's continue with more. 22 minutes after the hour, Bill Cunningham, the great American, live with you every day on News Radio 700 WOW. Night, Billy Cunningham. Coming up in about 35 minutes will be uh, Matt Steinman's good friend, Dr. Amy Acton, who's caring deeply about all of us. She wants to put her arms around Ohio and single-handedly solve the problem. Matt, hit it. You know, I've had this feeling in my gut of, like, I'm holding Ohio in my arms, (laughs) and I'm, like, single-handedly, like, be gone, virus, stay out. Well... That's the attitude. So let's continue now. And uh, one last thought. The crackdown began in Ohio about March 23rd. And uh, the only purpose of having the lockdown, which, by the way, in the other three large pandemics that struck America in the past 100 years, much more serious than this, no one actually said, let's lock down America. Let's inform the American people because it's our job as government to provide as much liberty and freedom to each individual American that we can. And they'll make their own decisions about how to handle their life. If the standard of guarding lives is available, why not put a governor on a car where it can go 10 miles an hour? Why not say you can't 
You can't operate a motorcycle. That's too dangerous. Or you can't go boating. And God help you if you dive into a swimming pool. You can't do any of that stuff. No alcohol, no beer, no wine. Quit drinking the wine and the chocolate martinis. You can't have those anymore either because it's bad for you. So they knew. The leadership of this state knew. The middle of April, certainly by the 1st of May, that the ridiculous projections of the so-called medical experts that even Governor Cuomo of New York now rejects were wrong, not even close. Because Amy Acton said there was going to be 10,000 new infections a day, that the hospital systems would be overwhelmed, that there would be ambulances lined up at all the great hospitals in the state, that the 34,000 available hospital beds in Ohio would be packed, maybe two per bed, and that we had no room for any of it. They knew three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks into this deal that their projections were wrong. Instead of changing the policy based upon flawed modeling, what they did was keep the game alive to scare the crap out of you to change your behavior. I'm all pissed off. Now let's continue with more coming up in about 10 or 15 minutes as a family friend. Uh, Mike Campbell is going to speak about uh, about uh, uh, Tyler uh, Guy and what happened to him on I-71. The line becomes available, 513-749-7000. Bill Cunningham, News Radio 700, WLW. Cunningham, the great American. I'm going to put a call into Mike Campbell, a friend of the family of Tyson Guy, who was killed, some say murdered, on I-71 about a week ago. 23-year-old boy, and if you've seen the video, it's shocking what occurred when a drunk woman came up the exit ramp of I-71 at Reading Road and went across three lanes of travel and just crashed into the vehicle driven by Tyson Guy, and he was killed. Now, lastly, before I go to the American people, we have Penny on hold, not my wife. Penny on hold. There's a startling revelation, of course, not covered by the mainstream media because it doesn't fit. See, all the news that fits They print. If it doesn't fit, guess what? They don't print it. This morning, the World Health Organization, might add bought and paid for by the communist red Chinese government, but the WHO officials on Monday, which was yesterday, said they still recommend people not wear face masks unless they're sick with COVID-19 or caring for someone who is sick. Quote, there is no specific evidence to suggest that the wearing of masks by the mass population has any potential benefit. In fact, there's some evidence to suggest the opposite in the misuse of wearing a mask properly or fitting it properly. There's also the issue that we have of a massive global shortage. Right now, the people most at risk from this virus are frontline healthcare workers who are exposed to the risk every second of every day. The thought of them not wearing a mask is horrific. So Dr. Maria Kirchhoff, an infectious disease epidemiologist with the WHO, said... We must prioritize masks for those who need it most. The general population is not at risk. So not wearing a mask makes more sense. Now, because that doesn't fit the alarm tactics and the headlines of the mainstream media, that information doesn't get out at all. Because now you're being shamed if you don't wear a mask. Stores are saying, wear a mask to come in. It's a private store. I have a mask on my left in my car, my Chevy Traverse. It's the American flag mask, and I have it. So to go into a private business, if that's the requirement of the private owner that customers must wear a mask, not government, but the private owner, I will do it if I want to go in the store. 
but for those who are being shamed for not wearing a mask. From the, w, from the World Health Organization, quote, there's no specific evidence to suggest that the wearing of a mask by the mass population has any potential benefit at all. But it's a symbol of the oppression to which you consent. And if you wear it, that's the name of that tune. So what it is, is mass hysteria to make the masses conform to what the government wants you to do. Democrats want to beat Trump so badly, they're willing to crush the American economy to get it done. Let's go to the telephone calls in about nine minutes. A friend of the family will be here, Mike Campbell, to talk about Tyson Guy and his tragic death about a week ago. But until then, Penny, not my Penny, welcome to the Bill Cunningham Show. Penny, how are you? Hi, Bill. Thank you so much for taking my call. Penny is a good name. <laughs> no question about that. In, fa- in I fact, have... I sleep with a woman named Penny every night. <laughs> I have a thought about why the high school graduations aren't taking place. Um, it all comes back to the everyone gets a ribbon mentality um, of the liberal and the liberal education system. You know, for the past few years, they've talked about doing away with the valedictorians, um, the grading system. Maybe this is their way of not glorifying the class president, the high school football player, um, the valedictorian. This way, if there's no recognition, everyone is treated the same. Well, you know, the participation trophies are everywhere, and there's a movement of foot not to applaud or acclaim those who have achieved greatly, treat everybody right. the same from each according to their abilities to each according to their needs is one of the yep. uh, one of the founding principles of communism and the leftists that we're all equal, all the same. Just some are That's more right. equal than others. I would point out that Governor Gretchen uh, Whitmer in Michigan, I guess, has a high-speed powerboat, and she was caught with her husband taking a boat ride in Michigan when she shouldn't have done it. You know, it's rules for thee, but not rules for me. And so that what I exactly want to do, right. in fact, I, I saw a, a pic of the governor and Dr. Amy Acton at a funeral three or four days ago in which yep. they did not wear masks and they weren't socially distancing. It's rules for thee, but not rules for me. And so when That's the governor exactly. came on with me and said, you know what, uh, quote, uh, when, when I explained to him what Deer Park High School wanted to do with 80 graduates on the football field, each family sitting in a little pod six feet apart. You walk up to the stage. The diploma's off to the left. There's a speech or two given by the valedictorian, acknowledgement of the kids. The governor said to me, quote, everything always comes back to distance. As far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned, if the schools can figure out how to properly distance, they can certainly hold graduation. It's up to the school. And then he went right. on to say the next day, the following day, he wanted to clear up the confusion about graduation and would not allow graduation ceremonies with more than 10 people after speaking with Dr. Acton. And so with me, he's saying, okay, look, if you can do that, like many schools have 20 graduates, 80 graduates, 40 graduates, a big football field or a high school gym, it's easy to do. Just do it. But no, no, no. The establishment cracked down, said you can't do that. Right. Separate them alphabetically, like you said. Maybe it might take all afternoon or all, you know, evening. But you would think that they would want to recognize those students. But I think that the liberal um, education system is just 
controlling a lot of this, and I think that they just don't want those kids to be recognized. This way they're all treated the same. Everyone's the same. Everyone, and what's happening now is the largely the destruction of our economy, which might be planned, might not be planned. I had a caller about a week ago said it's not a pandemic, it's a plandemic. That the That's only exactly thing underpinning right. uh, underpinning the president was the idea that the economy was yep. great. So let's use this is the third or fourth pandemic to strike America in the last 100 years, and this is by far the the, the least. Uh, the, the least uh, impressive, but we have to run. Penny, thank you for your call. So uh, let's take a short break. We'll continue with more on the other side. We're going to talk with a uh, representative of the family of Tyson Guy, who was killed in I-71. Let's continue with more. Bill Cunningham, News Radio 700, WLW. Hi, Billy Cunningham. Uh, about a week ago, a terrible event took place on I-71 when a young man named Tyson Guy was simply going about his business, going down I-71, when you get uh, through the uh, Cincinnati cut in the hill, there was a, a woman who should not be operating a motor vehicle, came up the wrong way on the I-71 ramp. If you go down 71 on the right side, there's a Reading Road exit in which you go and toward the Jack Casino, etc. And this woman came up the other side at a high rate of speed, seemingly at least drunk and maybe impaired on drugs or whatever, and crossed three or four lanes of travel and struck a vehicle in, in the high speed lane on the left. Operated a vehicle by uh, by a young man named Tyson Guy, who was a graduate of Madeira High School four or five years ago. A friend of the family is Mike Campbell uh, from uh, from Willie's fame. I spent quite a bit of time with Mike Campbell when Willie's was in Kenwood, and, and he's a friend. Mike Campbell, welcome to the Bill Cunningham Show. And Mike, can you kind of give us an overview of the of the family, Allison Tepe Guy, the mother, and Tyson Guy? What can you tell us? Well, you know, Bill. Uh... Tyson uh, was in the accident Tuesday night, uh, 8.56 p.m. Uh, he was rushed to uh, University of Cincinnati Hospital where he was in the uh, NIC unit, uh, neurological ICU, for uh, uh, swelling on the brain, uh, along with, the, you know, every other injury he sustained, which is brutal. Um, it was not till the next day that there was no response on the brain. Um, they believe he had a, a severe stroke. Um, and uh, they pronounced him clinically brained at that point. And then uh, Allison and uh, Tyson's father, Ed Guy, um, made the difficult decision of uh, taking Tyson off life support. Jeez. What can you tell us about the family? They lived in Madeira and Osceola, and this was a good kid, 23 years old. And uh, we have the video on uh, on our website at 700WOW.com. But for those who hadn't seen the video, how would you describe it? Absolutely horrific. Um, it's a complete unfortunate circumstance of what happened. It just, it's absolutely tragic. I mean, she was going well over 70 miles per hour when she struck Tyson and just the way the impact is just, it's, it's devastating. It's, it's incredibly hard to watch. Seen it several times. It's so, and she came across for those who uh, were coming, she was coming up Reading road past the, uh, Jack Casino, and then instead of going to the right, which would have got her on I-71 going the right direction, she went straight ahead. And over the weekend, I went down there again, and I looked. And there's not a lot of good signage when someone who's drunk 
or someone who wants to kill somebody getting on that exit ramp going the wrong direction. There's one little sign on the top that says do not enter. But I, I didn't see a lot of other signs telling someone impaired. Of course, who knows it w- if it would have stopped her. But she came across like three or four lines of travel, barely missed a tractor trailer, also going about 60 miles an hour just before the Lytle Tunnel. And she came across that, and just Tyson Guy was in the wrong place at the wrong, wrong time, and there was like a, an explosion almost. It was like a car explosion, and that's non-recoverable. And sadly, the woman involved in this lived and was arraigned in, uh, under a $20,000 bond set by uh, Judge Mallory, and I'm sure the charge is going to be upgraded very soon. But what do you want to, what do we know? If it, do you know what, does the family know anything about this woman involved in this? Um, yes, uh, the family knows what's going on with the, the woman that killed Tyson. And uh, I, I've talked to Allison, and uh, I'd like to call the uh, prosecutor's office and have a discussion with them as well because I, 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 I want her to pay. No question about it. I mean, uh, this is uh, this is akin to murder, and yeah. uh, she could spend 10 to 12 years in prison for what she did, but that doesn't seem adequate. Uh, uh, what what kind of trajectory of Ty, uh, on his life? What was Tyson Guy doing? What's the trajectory of his life? At the time, Tyson was working uh, at the South North in the operating room, uh, x-ray technician work, and then uh, he was going back to nursing school, and... Um, that's uh, that's where it stops, and that's where it's the difficult part. Uh, seeing this wonderful human being of a person just uh, taking his life, taken so short, it's uh, it's it's horrible. And uh, I hate if you could see it as a silver lining in any of this bill. It's that fact that uh, Tyson was an organ donor, and uh, they were able to uh, use his heart and lungs and corneas and skin tissue and kidneys and liver, and, and Tyson's life's going to continue through other people's lives by saving their lives. What impact has this had on uh, Allison Tepe Guy, the mother? Uh, it's, I mean, she, her world's changed. Her world's changed. She, she lost her baby. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if there's, there's no easy way to recover from that. It's, it's just you have to, you know, find reason to keep going and, and and like I said, with Tyson now knowing that he saved multiple lives with his own, that's, I think, the, the, the bonus out of it for us is that we can have faith that his legacy is going to continue. You, you, told, and, um, you told me off the air that uh, the woman involved is 26-year-old Sabrina McKinney. She drove an SUV the wrong way down the exit ramp from Reading Road on Interstate 71. Uh, as far as uh, you told me off the air that the – the family and you were able to say goodbye, correct? Yeah, we we uh, uh, we got to go down. I got to personally got to go down Wednesday night with Tyson's grandparents and um, Allison, and uh, I got and her sister flew in from California, and we got to I got to say goodbye to him that night. Then I, uh, Allison stayed with them through the through uh, Sunday morning. Uh, she got to be with them while they were harvesting the organs, so she Jeez. got to spend you know a lot of time with them. And, uh... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Well, when are the final rights going to be held, do you know? We're still waiting. They, you know, the coroner's still involved at this point and doing their thing, and we're waiting to find out what's what's going on with churches. Uh, we're planning on doing a celebration of life. Uh, we did set up a GoFundMe page. What is that? For, for Tyson. Uh, it's if you uh, com and it's Tyson Guide Memorial. And uh, what we like to do is possibly set up a scholarship in Tyson's name for nursing school. Mm. And uh, there's also a Venmo account for that as well. It's uh, at Tyson Guy Dash Memorial. <clears throat> well, the uh, the 26 year old Sabrina McKinney, she had a previous DUI. She has four children, seemingly dysfunctional in her life, and she took a life of someone that had nothing but brightness ahead of him. And uh, how's the family doing this afternoon? Uh, I left, I left, uh, I was with Allison this morning and, uh, she went home to get some rest and, um, I spoke to her parents yesterday, I spoke to her Tyson's father this morning and, you know, we're all coping as best we can. It's kind of non-recovery. It's one of those things in life that shows how fragile life is that he's living his life and the improbability of this occurring is one out of a billion and simply right. Tyson guy's number was up and it's just a terrible, disgusting thing and, I assume Sabrina McKinney will get a full measure of justice. And uh, i tell you what, off the air, I, I will text you the uh, personal cell phone number of Joe Dieters. And uh, if you'll uh, contact him. And uh, in fact, I, I'll tell you what, I, I'll contact Joe when I get off the air at 3 o'clock. And I'll have uh, somebody from his office get a hold of you. That'd be perfect. Thank you, Willie. All right, Mike Campbell, I'm very sorry. Very sorry for what happened. But uh, what happened to Tyson could have happened to anyone. But this woman never should have been behind the wheel of a car. And uh, no. it's just awfully sad. But once again, Mike Campbell, give my best to the family. For those who want to help, uh, the, the mother, uh, a hardworking American, uh, lower middle class individual, could use a little financial assistance. Once again, Tyson Guy Memorial, and that's uh, through GoFundMe. Is that correct? That's correct. And then Venmo is at Tyson Guy Dash Memorial. All right, uh, Mike Campbell, thank you very much. Really, thank you. All right, thank you. All right, let's continue. Tyson Guy Memorial GoFundMe page. Google it. Get it. Awfully sad. The video's up, and uh, you can you want to watch it once or twice because it could happen to anyone at any point. Someone going the wrong way on I seventy one, probably about seventy miles an hour. That struck a the vehicle driven by uh, Tyson Guy going about fifty five miles an hour, and it was an explosion, and it's awful. And and maybe the state of Ohio, whatever it might be, on that. On that uh, exit ramp on I-71, there needs to be more signage if possible, but who knows? Uh, I sincerely doubt in her condition that Sabrina McKinney would have known what was going on anyway. But uh, Tyson Guy Memorial. Let's continue with more. Line becomes available, 513-749-7000. Bill Cunningham, News Radio 700, WLW. All right, we're uh, dumped out of the Mike DeWine news conference just as he was trying to answer the question. Governor, Governor, I got a question. Since 75% of Ohio deaths have been in nursing homes, why didn't you focus on nursing homes in the beginning? Rachel, your reaction? I just want somebody to tell me what to do. 
and actually have some sort of accuracy behind those orders. And then I'll be happy. I'd be so happy with that. I'm not going to fight anything. I don't want to fight anything. I just want you, if, if you say wear a mask, have some proof that that actually works and not have, you know, three different organizations going against each other saying different things. I just want some clarity. Tell me what to do. Tell me so, what to do. So you may recall we were told that the COVID-19 virus is on surfaces for days, weeks, months. In fact, 10 years from now, it may be here. So when I'm arriving here in the Death Star, I would have a napkin in my back pocket. Yep. And as I hit the elevator, I t- pull out my napkin, hit it. It could be on that surface forever. And then it came out a few days ago, CDC, CDC, the, CDC, the, the CDC, CDC said said that, uh, guess what? You don't have to do that. That was such a relief for me, too, because you know what? I've been gambling with my life, or so I thought. Every time I came into this building, which has been almost every day for the last uh, probably six weeks or so, and uh, to find that out, I was, like, very relieved. Uh, But I wish I hadn't used my keys to press all the elevator buttons for however many months. But, you know, whatever. Now the governor's talking about wearing a mask. 90% wear a mask. WHO said on Monday, quote, recommendation to not wear a mask. If you're not sick or not caring for someone who is sick, they're saying the WHO says don't wear a mask. Let me tell you why you should wear a mask. Okay. Who cares about COVID-19? I don't care. Do you know how many of you people have halitosis? I don't know. That spares me from having to deal with that. Also, common flu, common cold, all that jazz. That's also, you know, helped out with a mask. And I don't want to get those either. But halitosis mostly. So, yeah, wear the mask. Quote, there's no specific evidence to to suggest that the wearing of a mask by the mass population has any potential benefit. In fact, there's evidence to suggest the opposite is true. So the WHO says don't wear a mask. Mike DeWine says wear a mask. Willie, there's a new thing called maskne. Maskne is the acne you get in association really? with a mask. Yes, this is a real thing because you're breathing in your own bacteria. Germs. It has nowhere to go. It's trapped. It's humid. It's hot in there. And you know what? You get mask-oriented acne now. Now, we're also told from your good friend, Dr. Amy Acton, that uh, somehow the general population is at risk. The governor just was asked a question from a potted plant. That was very good, by the way. Mm -hmm. Governor, since 75% of those who have died of COVID-19 are in nursing homes, would it not have made a bit more sense in the beginning to focus on them and not the general population? Which is a pretty good question. Now, he answered the question, but it had no sense to the question being asked because he didn't answer the question. He answered a question, but not the one that was asked. You mean he was a politician? Correct. In other words, he couldn't answer the question because it made him look bad. So he couldn't answer that question. But in March, your good friend, Dr. Amy Acton. Whatever. You were snacking with Acton all the way. Please remember those days. And wine with the wine. Please. Yeah, we're still whining with we, DeWine. We're still whining with DeWine. But now he's being asked a few questions because it's now nearly June and all these things aren't happening. Before I get to Amy Acton, I have this letter sent from a state senator that said to the governor, Governor DeWine, how come we can't do high school commencement ceremonies when you're allowing 300, at least 300 guests at a wedding reception? And to quote, this was on my show about three weeks ago. I asked the governor, for example, Deer Park High School has 80 graduates, and the football field put together by prominent Deer Park graduates, i.e., you, uh-huh. and, and, and many others, has large facility in which it would be obviously you could put six groups of families together, six feet apart, two to four guests per graduate, have them walk down the stairs, walk up there outside. Willie, why do you care about this? I care for why? Because I care about graduation. Okay, when you were a youngin, I didn't care. 
You yeah, well you didn't care because the thing called Vietnam was happening, right? We cared. Uh and, and in that case you might miss graduation because you were being shipped off to Nam, right? Nam. So I What what about uh, all of the wonderful um veterans that participated in World War II? Yes. Those guys didn't necessarily get a choice between, you know, cap and gown graduation uh, senior kegger uh versus so I I'm not sure. We've had other generations survive what I would like to argue is much, much worse. worse. So let's suck it up and move on. Now, the governor said he may reconsider this later. He's not being asked that question yet. But Dr. Amy Acton in March was at the Cleveland Plain Dealer editorial board. And doctor, have you heard this Dr. Amy Acton cut? No. This is great. Oh, okay. This is great. Matt, hit it. You know, I've had this feeling in my gut of like, I'm holding Ohio in my arms <laughs> and I'm like single-handedly like, be gone, virus, stay out. You know, I've had this feeling in my gut of like, I'm holding Ohio in my arms <laughs> and I'm like single-handedly like, be gone, virus, stay out. You know, you know I know quite a few men that would like to be in, in Amy God, Atkins' like, arms, so what's, arms what, what's the problem? Like, what's it? Like, be gone, virus, stay out. Single-handedly, be gone, virus, stay out. Now, this demonstrates would an insight. Would you love the, yes, the, I would. Yes, to be in the arms of the loving touch of Dr. No, Amy Atkins? No, no, no. The response has been incredible because she is now indicating that she sees herself as St. Amy Acton of yore in which she has her arms around Ohio yelling, please, please, I'm single-handedly solving the problems of Ohio. She may spend more time in nursing homes. Your reaction? Uh, That would probably be a good place to start when uh, we knew all along pretty much that the most at-risk people were those over 65 with pre-existing conditions. So, And yeah. I, all the studies so indicate. So now what do you do when you have like almost 2,000 deaths, which is awful if you're one of the 2,000? The governor puts on these the stories about individuals who have recovered from COVID-19. Thank God they recovered. But there's 12 million people in the state of Ohio. Out of the 12 million people, 10% of that's 1.2. 1% of that's 120,000. We're dealing with 500 people in the general population over the last three or four months that have died of COVID-19, which is some number that cannot be understood in percentage terms. It's almost nobody. So if that's the case, why do we continue to have these lockdowns when they're not working? And secondly, Politico admits that Democrats dread a fast economic rebound, because if that happens... There's no reason to put Joe Biden in office. And this came from a, shall I say, a Democratic Obama supporter who says we're about to see the best economic data in the history of this country three months before the election. His name is Jason Furman. He said, I I laid out a detailed case for why the months preceding November could offer Trump the best chance to brag truthfully about the most explosive monthly employment numbers in GDP growth in American history. Beware, we might be in trouble. So if the blue states stay locked down and make it more difficult for the recovery, that feeds into the Democratic plan. But at the same time, you have to admit, if that is the mass conspiracy theory behind all of this, right, are people going to get rid of their cable, which would then greatly impact places like MSNBC and CNN, because fewer cable subscribers mean less money they can charge for their ads. And also, who's buying Politico? Uh, who's reading it even, other Politico. than you? Me, I read it all the well, time. Well, you, but I yeah, who everything. else? Name one other person in this building. Nobody. But yeah. this is a, an Obama economic advisor who's saying to Joe Biden, get out of the basement. Joe, get out of the basement. You might want to start campaigning because you have to offer some alternative to what 
Trump is saying. Yeah, it's, it's really funny how much we forget that uh, it doesn't even seem like an election year. There's no there, there's, there's nothing. There's nothing going on in regards to that. I don't even know how they are going to have debates if they're going to have debates. That hasn't been brought up yet, really, has it? I no. mean, there so, be debates. so uh, if that's the case, I mean, is it even an election year? I mean, are we even doing this? It doesn't feel like it. Lastly, Dr. Scott Atlas from uh, Stanford. He's also an epidemiologist. He's been on CNN repeatedly. He uh, wrote a column on Saturday that said the following. The implications of treatment delays for situations and the shutting down of hospitals due to COVID-19 result in 8,000 U.S. additional deaths deaths per month because of the shutdown or 120,000 years of life that have been snuffed out. Missed strokes contribute to additional loss of 100,000 years of life. Late cancer diagnoses will lose 250,000 years of life. Missing living donor transplants, 5,000 years of life per month. Put all these numbers together, actuarial tables. We lose an additional 8,000 people a month dead because of what the governors have done. 8,000 a month, which is greater than what's happening with COVID-19. The cure is worse than the disease. Give me an update. And that's not factoring into the extreme emotional distress that COVID-19 has been causing families of loved ones that are supposed to go into the hospital that they can't visit. My cousin, she's about to give birth. She can't have her husband in the delivery room. That's ridiculous. She can't have anybody in the delivery room with her because of COVID-19. Ridiculous. So, uh, and that's a happy event. Uh, You know, I I have friends that uh, whose parents were in the late stages of cancer that weren't allowed to visit and had their family members pass away while they were on lockdown in a hospital because of COVID-19. That's extreme emotional distress that is also going to impact the health and well-being of people in America, and that's not getting factored in. Between kindergarten and the 12th grade in the state of Ohio, kindergarten to 12, six years old to 18, there have been zero COVID deaths. Zero. But let's cancel graduation, shut down the schools. Zero deaths. And so the point is, this is stupid. And when did they know it was stupid? They knew it was stupid about three weeks after the luck. About three weeks in, yeah. They said, now, wait a minute, Dr. Amy, this ain't working out because these numbers we're hearing of 100,000 new infections every six days. By the 1st of May, 8 million Ohioans infected, which means 80,000 are dead. What are we going to do when we don't have the numbers? How, How much have you been going out, Willie? Not much. Right. That's what everybody's doing. There are some people that want to go out. They want to go do things. They want to interact I guess, in public with each other. That's great. You're allowed to do that now. But the vast majority of people are still at home, still doing social distancing, still respecting the rules that seem to be working for us. So, yeah, those numbers are inaccurate because most people followed the rules in the first place and cut down probably what could have happened, even the worst case version of that, significantly leaving them to be, well, basically liars. Now, lastly, I... Of course, monitor everything simultaneously. Of course you do. I listen to you on Saturday. Thank you. About the U.K. cheerleader yes. incident. Matt Diamond, very interested in this. I take the approach of these are not children. These are young women, 18 or to 20, 23 years old, who can make their independent value, independent judgment. You're like a woman. So if you were 20 years old and you were asked to do something you felt uncomfortable doing or didn't want to do, would the U.K. symbol on your chest be so strong it overcame your independent will and that you would submit or consent to, uh, to sexy behavior or maybe improper sexual harassment of, uh, at someone's hands because you 
did not want to go topless or bottomless and do do the splits. A- absolutely not. And for those that don't know, uh, the UK cheerleading squad, their entire coaching staff that has a very storied career, they've won more, actually won more titles with their cheerleading team than any other team. Didn't you say 24, 35 24 years? over the last 35 national championships belong to Kentucky cheerleading. They're like the Michael Jordan of cheerleading. They are the Yankees of cheerleading, yes. And uh, this is a, v- a very well-known um, program throughout the country, very much respected. All of the coaches were fired over allegations that uh, when they took a team trip to Lake Cumberland, which was a team retreat, that some of the student athletes got topless or bottomless to do what's called a basket toss. It's when cheerleaders throw each other in the air. And instead of catching the cheerleader, they were throwing them into the water. Not a big deal. And that there was underage drinking. Um, now, there were there was underage drinking, but the uh, coaches were not aware of it. They were still fired. And so the question then becomes, was anybody pressured into doing these acts? Uh, all the cheerleaders interviewed, more than 60, said no. We were not pressured. But still, the entire cheerleading staff was fired. That being said, nobody would, in their right mind, would basket toss, topless or bottomless, because when you hit the water, you are hitting with a significant amount of force. Pain. It is uncomfortable to have those bits and pieces hanging out to get smacked in the water. You think a belly flop's bad. I've seen segment belly flop. It's real bad. So imagine that, but even more sensitive. And also, no cheerleaders said that they were topless or bottomless during these basket tosses. There have been several videos posted online. Well, the media can't be wrong, can it? Actually, it was a mom that decided that her kid wasn't getting now, enough attention. you made the attention. point. This was a mom who wasn't on the mat enough. Yes. Uh, the, the young lady in question uh, was not getting enough of the spotlight on the team. There's 54 cheerleaders, and only about 24 get to make what they call mat, which is the national championship team that actually goes out and performs. She probably didn't make mat. Her mother then was the person that actually whistle blew on these accusations. And by the way, they were much worse Prior to the investigation, it was uh, forced oral copulation was accused. Say that uh, again. A forced oral copulation. What cheerleaders were forced to perform certain sex acts on each other. These were the things that were suggested that the university itself said there is no foundation, no evidence. No- I can't believe that happened. And so basically, we have a situation where one parent lied because, and if you've ever dealt with cheer moms, anybody out there that has, you know what we're talking about. But one mom decided to ruin the lives, basically, of three, four coaches and an advisor after this team has won 24 national and championships. Hundreds of other cheerleaders have signed a letter or come forward and said, you know what? Uh, I, last week, before we went on air, there were over 15,000 signatures 15, demanding, demanding that the case be reopened so that the, uh, uh, the head coach, a guy named Jomo Thompson, could have his, basically, day in front of the dean and uh, address these allegations in a more fair way that was also uh, based on the fact well, Rachel, that these, these are allegations, false accusations. Are they true? No. So there's no hearing. I would have to say no. And, and, and the thing is, even if they did underage drink on a uh, team retreat. A college co-ed drinking alcohol? Uh, right, first off. And I then find secondly, that hard to believe. What, what about the football players that go to the booster club meetings? Are they not drinking? Yes. Are none of those guys buying them drinks? Yes. Is that not a... Underage, university, underage, uh, yes, but they're not underage. But, but legally, yes, but socially, no. Sure, but my point being, you have this happening, or something much worse, at every athletic team at every university in America, 
And so why are you singling out one coach? Because one parent decided their kid wasn't getting so enough attention. So there was attention. no investigation, much like a Title VIII complaint, in which the allegation is taken as Bible truth. There's no independent evaluation, no confronting the witnesses against you, no cross-examination. They confronted the witnesses. Uh, well, they confronted the uh, alleged team members that were participating in this, and the team members said this didn't happen. Fundamentally, this never happened. No one was hazed. No one was coerced. No one was forced into anything. If we had underage drinking, it wasn't around the coaches, and we did basket tosses into the lake. And even if some girls decided to go topless, one, which nobody ever found any evidence of, by the way, even if one girl did actually decide to go topless, let's just say, why can she not go topless? She's 18. She can strip. She can go uh, and be in a porn why can't she go down to a lake and uh, with her friends who she feels comfortable with skinny dip? Why is that illegal? I would encourage that, in fact. Because I know. That's what, what's wrong with that? What, if good. anything, Willie, it's slut shaming. If it is shaming. true. Yes. And then that means that they are actually singling out women to oppress their sexuality. And you are not allowed to have any version of sexuality as a female athlete. And that's BS. So really, someone like Rocky Boyman, who's young and attractive and virile, could do whatever he wants. He wouldn't be a slut. But a woman would be a slut if she takes off her top and is flipped into Lake Cumberland. Uh, well, are we are we judging boys on the football team or on the basketball team that are going to strip clubs and putting monies in g-strings? That's disgusting. Are we? We're not totally doing that. So disgusting. why are we why are we singling out the cheerleaders? Because, because one mom one made mom. a complaint because her kid wasn't getting enough attention. Rachel, thank you very much. Thank Let's you. continue with more. Line ever becomes available seven four nine seven thousand. I hate slut shaming. And women doing topless cheers. I can't stand it. That must be stopped. Do what feels good to you. Stop judging. Let's continue with more. Bill Cunningham, News Radio 700, WLW. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.